Welcome back to the Lord Wives. This is one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Justin. And I'm A.E. And this episode's story is A Glimpse of the Far Side of the Sun. Oh. oh. Beautiful. <laughs> Luckily, we're not a music based podcast. But we could be. We could be. <laughs> All right, let's get into the story. So, we begin with a story from Huatli's childhood in the Sun Empire. An inquisitive eight-year-old, she baffles her teacher in the middle of class when she asks, How are babies made? I'm just kidding. She asks, <laughs> What's on the far side of the sun? Her teacher scornfully instructs her to stop her Disney princess I want song and focus on her role as a warrior and a poet for the Empire. Though she continues wondering, she resolves to focus on her potential duties as a warrior. We've moved forward to the present as Watley and Angroth make their way through the dense jungle towards Araska. Angrath belittles Huatli's ambitions to be a warrior poet and compares her thinking and unwavering obedience to that of an ant. Angrath then tells Huatli to check her privilege by asking her why she would preserve the history of only the Sun Empire as opposed to the River Heralds or the other tribes. She is troubled by the thought. The wise old Minotaur takes the moral high ground by saying, Have you considered godless murder and anarchy? Then Angrath shows her, through a partial planeswalk, the snow-covered mountains of Kaldheim where she feels cold for the first time. Freedom starts with knowing that you're trapped, he tells her, and that the first place he'd go after Ixon would be home to see his, first, his daughters for the first time in 14 years? Oh my god. <laughs> Angrath and Huatli then stumble upon the Tomb of the Dusk Rose, and the saint emerges with perfect hair. She seems surprised to see Huatli, who lays down some ill verse. Ilander gets woke about the Legion of the Dusk's bloody conquest and is coldly furious. They were meant to learn humility, she says, and then disappears in a poof of smoke to knock the fangs out of some ungrateful vamps. Meanwhile, Jace and Vraska continue their ascent up to the heart of Horaska. While Jace ruminates on other memories, he realizes that his planeswalk to Ixalan was meant as a safeguard, implemented by Ugin. Any digging into his mind by, say, another dragon planeswalker would immediately cause Jace to planeswalk to Ixalan. In the meantime, Jason and Vraska work as a team to escape the notice of a giant, flying, double-strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible dino bird, presumably the same <laughs> dino bird I lost to at pre-release, <laughs> and infiltrate a maze leading to Azor's gateway. Jace's Sphinx fences, Sphinx fences, Sphinxes, Sphinxes. <laughs> His Sphinx senses go tingling. Try saying that ten times fast. Outside the Sanctum entrance, as Vraska recalls the founder of Azorius being a sphinx named Azor. She sets her eye phasers from stunning to petrify, and they both open the door to discover Azor. The, is it Perun? It's Perun. Perun? The prune. The prune. <laughs> the prune. Sure, if you're that old, you'd be quite the prune. <laughs> the, the prune of the Azorius Guild on Ravnica. The story ends at a standoff with Jace deflecting a mind attack on Vraska from Azor. Jace drops the mic when he tells the Sphinx Daddy that I don't want to be a living guild back. I'm a pirate. Arr, arr. So I heard like the best pirate joke at pre-release. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Oh, is it R? You think it'd be R, but it'd actually be the C. <laughs> arr. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh. So with that, what did y'all think of the story? I enjoyed thinking of Huatli rocking on her knees. This is young Huatli. Her head anime-sized with eyes the size of wishing wells saying, but I want to know what's on the far side of the sun. Won't you tell me? And in this story, the title is analogous to finding Orzaka of the Golden City and to Planeswalking, which she can't quite do yet, but she has that desire in her, even from a young age. Yeah, no, I was just imagining this is full Disney princess, like, you know, I want adventure in not this plane. <laughs> maybe Kaldheim, and maybe she'll take that road with Angrath, and, and maybe, I was just really excited to hear from Angrath after so long. We've been seeing this badass red-black planeswalker, like, teased, and, you know, we have some interactions, but mostly with him just trying to murder face. And now we actually have some time with him where he's not trying to actively murder face. So that's But he great. really wants to. He really, I mean, like, you know, he's red-black. He does murder tree face. He does murder tree face. Dem trees, yo. Dem so trees. We do learn that Inti, I-N-T-I, is a true friend. He says, Huatli may be our future warrior poet in it. Even from this young age, He's she was her- tempted with a title that she will not get from her emperor. That guy was a serious... We, he's, he's even more a of a dick now. He's such a tease. He's like, oh, you'll totally get that promotion. Not- it's in the bag. <laughs> you're eight years old. You probably, you're practically already the warrior poet. But Wiley is so much... She is so much more than this warrior poet role. She wants more than this <laughs> provincial life. <laughs> oh my she God. does want more than this warrior poet, yeah. <laughs> she just wants to go into the sea and She even changed colors to, to get it. Yes. <laughs> wow. So uh, the priest says, uh, don't worry about that, young anime princess. Uh, <laughs> just uh, just deal with what you can see and what you can fight. But he is... It's, he's not just being an old stick here. He's actually echoing the sentiment of the emperor, who at this time was not interested in the Golden City, was interested in Orzaka, which is a departure from the previous emperors. His mother even spent a lot of resources to try to find the Golden City, all went to waste. So he was very much on the opposite of the spectrum until Watley inspired him. Not enough to earn the rank of warrior poet, though. I mean, like, who else is going to be... I mean, even when she was eight, like, everyone's like, what, who else is going to be warrior poet? I don't know. I hear in this some places... I hear in some places, like, you have to be performing at a level that you're going to be promoted to, like, for, like, a year before you get promoted to that level. And I just kind of feel like, yeah, like, the Sun Empire is that kind of a company. The Sun Empire. Incorporated. Incorporated. You need to be performing at this level for four quarters before you can get there. Right, and even when you get there... There's some sort of caveat or some sort of pushback. Oh, this is this is triggering an experience for me personally <laughs> no, I'm sorry. that I'm not going to go delve into on the podcast. So, Huatli glimpses the Golden City, and she has a spiritual experience. And meanwhile, Angrath just <laughs> snorts. He doesn't see the Golden City at all, just his baby calves far beyond it. Well, I don't think they're calves anymore. They're 14. 14 plus 14 years. That's... I mean, they are they are past, like, the teeny bopper Backstreet Boys age, and I think they've gone into, like, I don't know, like, what Calvin Harris. They're doing, like, weird EDM stuff And now. the important point is, <laughs> Angrath, we thought originally that Angrath was just super angry and just upset because he'd been away for his daughters for 14 years, but apparently everyone from the land he comes from is just super angry and ready to kill on a dime. So he says that, uh, don't you uh, say, oh, poor babies at me, uh, Huali. My daughters would drink the blood of your emperor. Is that what he says? He, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he says Leafly. that. Leafly. It's at that point I realize that 
the greatest tragedy would be if he returns to his daughters because they're not going to welcome him. So let's let's role play this. You be, <laughs> you be Angroth, and you tell me where you've been for fourteen years. Here, I'll be I'll be the daughter. So so, so okay, you're Shelby, and I'm uh, what's a good name? Nicole. Shelby and Nicole. And I'm okay. and I'm and an Angroth. So and I'll say Angrath, so. Yeah. Dad, where were you while you were missing our childhood? No, take your time. I'll just be here sharpening my horns. <laughs> well, uh, apparently I missed uh, your childhood and your minotaur acne and your minotaur braces. Dear daughter. Let's murder him. Yeah, let's murder him. <laughs> you know, there were so many years the father-daughter dance. God. <laughs> oh, that would have been so embarrassing. Yeah, no, just all the paper streamers being torn apart mercilessly by mm-hmm. ingress horns. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know that mother had to sell herself to the butchers? Oh my god. She's only got she's only got one back foot now and that is all your fault. Oh oh, that is so that is that might be the darkest thing ever said on this podcast. (laughs) I knew you would invite me here for some reason. (laughs) I'm actually turning really red. Yeah, look what you would did in this. <laughs> yeah, so as you can tell, the greatest tragedy would be if Angrith gets what he wished. So this is why he should stay where he is on Ixalan. He shouldn't be trying to... He, he should really smell the forbidden treasure while it's around him. But that, like, just going back... I'm sorry, that, that joke that you made, that wonderful, awesome joke, it's really, like, sticking in my mind. Like, I, uh... Yeah. Uh, it's totally Rakdos if you think yeah, about it. I'm just thinking of like a Family Matters episode, but with like Angrath and his family, and it's like you know, like little little Minotaur Urkel, like did I do that? Oh, and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, Angrath? just gonna mop that up and drink it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 Lauren. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, Angrath should really take his own advice. If freedom is a state of mind. Then he just needs to uh, he needs to step back and if if you could be if freedom state of mind you can be free in a jail cell or you could be a prisoner as he is in this golden city with just treasure all around him he's he's a captain of at least one ship he has he has it made well he can't go to call time he can't go to other worlds and like I don't know freedom is a state of mind you just need to you need to change your state of mind that's that's your I don't, well, I don't think, I see your point, A.E., but I don't think he's being literal with the freedom as a state of mind. He's saying that once you know you're trapped, then you can, then, then you know the concept of freedom because it's something that you lack. And Huatli, unbeknownst to her, is trapped in this illusory dream of hers that she wants to ascend to yeah. something so small and minuscule compared to what she's capable of. She's a freaking planeswalker. I mean, she can do amazing things. Why settle for warrior poet? Yeah, why settle for just dinosaurs when you could go out there you can summon like baloths and hydras and like Basilisks. worms and all sorts of things to write on. She'll always remember her first dinosaur though. Yeah. But imagine you're just being carried by a giant scoot mop. I mean that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it gets bigger every well, upkeep. There gets more of them come. Yes, they show up. So, uh, no, you're, you're right. But she always, part of her has always known. That's why she sang that Disney princess song when she was eight years old. It's adorable. 
It's adorable. Okay, so we also um, got to see Alenda for the first time ever, and it's amazing. I think she is, I don't know, basically I think that she just checked into a giant cave spa for like 2,000 years. Is that what happened? Good. Yeah, I think she just checked out. She's like, well, I can't get any further because Zaka is is uh, enclosed somehow. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm just going to chill out. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like a cave spa. Just to go in. She got like the giant treatment where you put on a clay mask for like not just 20 minutes, but like 20 years. And she's exactly as fabulous as we were hoping. Uh, yeah. When she speaks, quote, her voice was light and quiet, a bell breaking silence, end quote. Yeah. No, she's, she's rad. I'm excited I, about her. I wish Watley, the the former soon-to-be warrior poet, would have elaborated on the bat to the east or bat of the east reference. Mm. She said that there was this tale of the bat of the east but didn't elaborate. But apparently the bat of the east entombed herself in enchanted sleep, remarkably close to Oroska, like mm-hmm. at Oroska's footsteps. And like that was that was like the center of the legion, what the legion wanted. So... That that makes me wonder why on earth did she do it? So like, why did she bury herself and go to sleep when she was so close to everything that the Legion wanted? I believe this is the timeline. Um, Alenda came to Ixalan, um, got a little, got in dirty with the demons, took the vampire curse back to her uh, home continent, vampired everyone up, and said, "Okay, we need to do this." Uh, Go on this pilgrimage. Uh, keep your fangs yourself. We're going on this pilgrimage to the Golden City. Come on with me. And so a few vampires came, but they were probably, they all died except for her because she, she has the best hair. And <laughs> she got to the, she found the Golden City, but she couldn't get in. So she's like, okay, I'm going to build my own tomb because I'm all that. Okay. All right. And that then, makes a lot of sense. And then she just relaxes for a thousand years until it opens. So she couldn't get, she couldn't get into the chamber itself? And, and or? I, I think... There was this protective shield. There was something over the Golden City preventing people from getting in and keeping the elder dinosaurs within inside the Golden City. So uh, and the ravenous chupacabra. Ah! <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah, the, she was somehow unable to get in, and presumably um, uh, Kumena was able to unlock that. Yeah. Okay. So. That's really exciting, but what is... I'm interested to know what she means by humility. Um, She says that the curse was meant to teach her people humility. And so I'm guessing that this whole pilgrimage situation was supposed to be more like, you know, Chaucer's Tales of Canterbury, less like raiding, pillaging, burning people. Did Did she say the curse or did she say the ritual? I think she said the ritual was meant to teach her fellow vampires humility and by ritual i think she meant the blood fast no i think it is more specifically the vampirism itself i I, so to their to their thinking the vampire's curse and part of their general thinking was the vampire's curse was a tool to keep let them live long enough to give them the strength to recover the golden sun but she's saying well it was way more than that fools it was about kind of to teach you it is a curse and it's to teach you humility and it's a punishment for losing the golden sun in the first place. And you will only be complete. Your cravings will only be satisfied once you get in this old golden sun and uh, go through the second part of the, the prophecy or what have you, that they'll become immortals without the need for blood. Interesting. Okay. 
Well, I, I wonder, like, how that's supposed to be humble, I suppose. Yeah. But that's... I'm not entirely certain. It seems like there are some pieces missing here. I'm looking forward to seeing all of this unravel. But um, I'm also just really excited to see Mama Alenda versus Vona slash Maverin Fane. Yeah. Of this, we can be sure she's about to teach him some humility. It's yeah. Queen of the Damned. Oh, yeah. Queen, yeah. Queen of the Damned. <laughs> yeah, pretty much back. like like uh, Aaliyah like, coming right. back and yes. just like smacking Stuart Townsend. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. It's so bad. Um, oh, it's so awful. It's, but it's terrible. So good. It's yeah, so it's like good. it makes that loop yes. into just complete. I'm now complete. Yes. Yes. But so yeah. when I first read the the story and I got to this part where Alenda is uh, she she emerges and then you have Angrath in the background like come on let's go let's go let's get it and Huatli is like she actually so she she recites a poem and I she spits out verse yeah. it was actually really good I rolled my eyes when I said and Huatli recited a poem that she had written two years earlier I'm like oh my god. Now is not the time for a poem. But it was actually really good. Yeah. The mistake he was made is always is a time for the poem. Always is yeah. a time for a poem. She is slamming that warrior poet wisdom. And, her, her, and it affected yeah. uh, Alenda. Like, she's like, oh. Yeah. So basically, her plus one should be, Quatley's plus one should be, like, just immediately, instead of grabbing dinosaurs, just a, a podium arises, a mic drops out of nowhere, <laughs> spotlight kind of link, like just gets on her, and then everything else gets quiet. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, it just snaps. That, that's a lot. That's a lot of text to put in the plus one box. You know, we can make it happen. And I believe. Props. I believe in wizards. Props. Props. Before we get too far off, too far off topic. Yes. When Alenda said that. The curse was meant to teach the vampires humility. It so it was a twist, and I would I was taken aback. I even had to clutch my pearls, and I'm, <laughs> and I thought to myself like, is Alenda really going to be the? We, we talked a lot during Ixalan how the conquistadors are modeled after the the Spanish conquistadors, and. Do you think that Alenda going back to right the wrongs and settle the score with her misguided followers, do you think that is going to be enough to redeem the vampires, at least the vampires that we saw in the first set? I'm not really certain because there is a lot to, I mean, I think that what she's going to do is start that whole movement off, basically like the neo-Spanish vampire people. And then there's going to be a civil war because it's the Spanish. And then there's going to be... Uh-huh. <laughs> um, sorry to our Spanish listeners. Your history is very tumultuous. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be enough to redeem. But I do think it's going to be a good start on the road to redemption. I don't think it necessarily needs to redeem the vampires. In, but we can feel good about Alenda as a vampire. We can feel better about her, at least. Yeah. Um, that hair. Yeah, that, I didn't want that to say hair. It again, yeah, that hair. Yeah. How oh, can you think of anything? So good. But it, yeah, she seems she. I, I assume that's why she became a saint. Honestly, like she, look at that hair. <laughs> <laughs> but and this uh, is how Garnier Fructis and became it is, part of the, the, <laughs> the sanctifying ceremony. And it is. Um, it is important to point out that each faction does have this tension with it. So Olena is now like, well, this is we're being too violent. We need to show humility. Whereas. The Liver Heralds are mainly about protecting Golden City, but Kumena's 
was the opposite of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, each faction has that tension with it. So we should move on to the last part of the story, which is, I think, in many ways, like the heart of it. It's uh, just Jason Vraska again, um, going up up those steps, mulling over, you know, what just happened with um, Jason mind vomiting everywhere. And they happen to, you know, there's a lot of really great banter between the two of them. That the, They have sort of solidified who they are, I think, to each other and who they are to themselves. And that's what's really cool about you know, seeing Jace this way, because for such a long time, he's been um, a question, like a big mystery, even to himself. And that's really nice to um, see him finally kind of come to some kind of conclusion about what he represents, what his um, skills are, you know, what he can do, what he can't do. So it's really, I don't know, it's it's exciting. Also, Vraska is cool. So I think he... They, Jace explicitly says the sentiment we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, the Jace with a past was present, alert, and comfortable. Whereas previously he did not have that past. And he, well, let's see, he says, quote, often bored and all too aware of his lost memory. Yep. Like, his lack of memory became such a big part of himself. And his fears around that lack of memory, I think, just created a very insecure, very fearful person. And it's really great to see him, you know, with half a shirt on, setting these golden steps. Whoa, now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, please continue. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Slower. half a shirt. Slower. Golden steps. Oh, oh, Jace, you're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that quote was from Vraska. <laughs> I'm gonna hug you, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for your consent first. Yeah. Because consent is sexy. That <laughs> was a beautiful line. Let's not skip over that one. So, uh, Jace says Jace wants to. Hug Vraska, but knowing her predilections, he decides not to. He just smiles at her instead. We had a little, we had a little bit of, of Liliana comparison, oh, too. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. Like, Liliana never said I was incredible. Yeah, Liliana would just smile at me and tell me I was showing off and then go eat a demon with some crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just what she did. So, uh, do you have... If, have you gone on some dates that you regretted? What, what are your complaints about past dates? Um, then you'll tell mine. Actually, I'll say mine first. My okay. ex would consume the body of a demon with crocodile jaws and laugh over the sound of its flesh turning off. <laughs> a weird wow. check, please. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that problem with my exes. I think it was mostly just lack of commitment. But, you know, this is also a thing I would consider to be a red flag. <laughs> but actually, honestly, I think that is the surest sign this relationship would not work. Because clearly, if your girlfriend changes into a crocodile and consumes a demon, that's when you should be high-fiving her I think if they were meant to do it, <laughs> you, would, you would just post a high five after that. You wouldn't even ask her to wipe off her talons. <laughs> well, I, so in this vein, after, after Jace having been emotionally starved in this relationship with Liliana is now feeling this new kind of emotional nourishment that he's receiving from Vraska. And so it just sheds a light on how hungry he's been for um, this, I want to say validation, though it's not necessarily validation. He's like exploring new frontiers as new Jace, recovering old memories and building himself back up. And he has Braska as, as his support. And it's just... Yeah, no, I, it seems clear that Jace is the kind of person who needs verbal affirmation and verbal, like, affection. Like, words mean a lot to him. Well, and he's never gotten that kind of affection 
from his relationship with Liliana, and he seems to be getting out of uh, this friendship with Raska, the kind of um, that kind of connection that he's never really achieved I, elsewhere. Or maybe he has, but he just hasn't remembered it yet. Oh, that's true. I think he especially needed that when he couldn't remember anything. Yeah. Like now, he remembers his mother. Uh, and things are things are different. Mama Ballerin. So, so we should talk about Azor for sure. I know that we have a presentation. Yes, I prepared a special presentation on Azor. Right. I was like, Azor, who dat? Let me, let and me so, go get this. Let me go roll down the uh, power, like the uh, the whiteboard. There we go. The uh, I have some slides here. Yeah. I have some slides. All right, slide one. Azor, I think that's his name. The way his name is spelled is a sphinx of unknown origin. He's a former planeswalker, according to the art book, and he sacrificed his planeswalker spark to create the immortal sun. Ooh. Azor also authored most of the guild pack and created the implicit maze on Ravnica, which is a maze. Yes. Implicitly. Yes, it's not explicitly a maze. No. And based on his portrait on Azor the Lawmaker. Lawbringer? Lawbringer, something like that. His favorite place to shop on Ravnica is the equivalent, Earth equivalent, of H&M for gaudy beer jewelry. Let me just go get some... I need, I need some ointment for this bird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hurts. So I was thinking that Azor must have been such an overbearing bureaucrat that it was suggested that he go to Ixalan to sacrifice his spark and create the immortal sun to make a prison for planeswalkers. And in doing so, he didn't realize that he'd trapped himself there forever until it was too late. So he's a jailer of his own prison. He's a jailer of his own prison. He tripped over his own red tape. And that also makes me wonder, like, was Ixalan going to be designed as a prison for planeswalkers? Uh, and does possibly Lord Bolas want to create a prison for planeswalkers with the immortal song? So, first of all, if Ixalan's a prison, it's like the funnest prison ever. <laughs> like, I can <laughs> go and Angrath. be a pirate. <laughs> Vraska, she's like, this is great. I'm a pirate. <laughs> so is Jinx. Um, but I, so my theory is that if you, so you're basically isolating people within a world. And I think if there is a world that needs to be isolated from the multiverse, it is most likely places like Phyrexia and New Phyrexia, places where we really don't want that kind of oil and contamination spreading. So that way, uh, my 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 tin hat theory is that Bolas is like, okay, I need to take over the multiverse, but I know the Phyrexians are an issue. So if there's a way to sort of take the Immortal Sun and rejigger it such that it will keep the Phyrexians from planeswalking anywhere or from people to ever planeswalk to Phyrexia, then then yay. Then I can start killing people with my blue zombies and, mm -hmm. and giant mm -hmm. bridge. Mm-hmm. Also, if you bring the Scarab Guide with you, you can eternalize that freaking flying double strike influence <laughs> trample indestructible oh nightmare. <laughs> that is As my opponent would delightfully you, retorted. Would you like some fries with that salt? <laughs> as, as he's flying over all of my little merfolk, oh no. as they're watching this disgusting dino beast come at my face. Oh, oh my goodness! But you only took eight damage at once. In my uh, my pre-release, someone cast what is it? The thundering dude who makes attack people attack with their butts. So he took sixteen damage and died immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like people flying, and then, and then he's just like, "Whatcha?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that certainly is a way to go out. 
All right, so we are going to take a quick break. And uh, what's our sponsor segment this time around? I think it's like a hair commercial. Oh, it's a hair commercial. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. We've been doing a lot of consumer-based goods. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we will be back in a few minutes. Bye. You've traveled leagues over land and sea on a holy pilgrimage. You've drank the blood of dinosaurs, burned entire villages to the ground, and relished the screams of heretics. Your cause is just, but your hair is a bloody mess reeking of smoke and sin like a profane procession. What you need is humility, the conditioner for conquistadors. From the dusk rose herself, hair as radiant as the blood sun, you'll stun your enemies into submission. So set sail with humility, conquer with humility, vanquish the weak without mercy but with humility. Humility by the dusk rose. No! God, these fangs in my throat. Dying. I'm dead. Till and always save me. And we're back! Wow, I really should find this humility stuff. It should go great whenever I get an awkward client or, I don't know, when I walk away from an awkward client's corpse, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That smoke is really, really, like, in your hair. And oh, it's yeah. so hard to get out. Totally. Uh-huh. Especially when it mixes with all the blood of the non-believers. It's an unholy mess to try to clean up. Yeah. But I'm glad we have something sacred, like a nice shampoo, you know. Really, really scrub that out. And you don't have to emulate the squire's devotion by going and getting all that hair chopped off so it can fit neatly underneath the helmet. Oh, that's what that was all about? Because I thought it was like a, a vampire salon and like the squires were getting their hair did up. Like, that's what I thought. When I first saw that card, I was like... That's exactly why I named it that. Really? <laughs> what? You named it? You named that? I just... I have all of these little nuggets. They just fall from the air into my lap whenever we talk about card names. Oh... But no, the, the art totally reminded me of a hair salon. It totally does. Well, clearly, I couldn't. Salon. Well, you couldn't say it's a squire I couldn't say, salon. I couldn't say vampire salon, but we know why. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we know. You, you, you figured it out. Oh, okay. but but vampire salon would have been so good. Yeah, well, no one's perfect. And it, and I take it, my daily baths of humility. Because of oh, the there you go. There you okay, go. Okay, first of all, vampire salon would totally be a black white flip card. That produces like impeccably groomed one vampire like vampires. Well, we we have yeah, the, that the is the two of the dusk rose. Right? That is two of the dusk rose. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. Also, a salon. You solved it. You solved it. Two yes. of the dusk rose, tomb, and salon. So be- before we get deep into the specific flavor text, any deeper, if that's possible, for deep graves and conditioning, I would like to would like to go back and. Say a good few words about everyone's favorite spirit dragon, Uyen. They also do beard highlights. So if Azor is in the neighborhood, I know a guy who can like really get him ready for the next EDM festival. So the yeah. great thing about Ugin is sorry. So Ugin, the great thing about Ugin, Ugin in this story, colorless guy, super awesome. This fills a, a an important um, plot hole. At first, we thought that uh, Nicole Bolas may have sent Nicole Bolas. 
<laughs> Sounds like a real housewife. Real housewives of the multiverse. <laughs> First we thought Nicole Bowles may have, may have uh, sent Jace to Ixon, but now we see that it was in fact the other uh, godlike, perhaps Elder Dragon. There's a lot of temptation to think of Ugin as kind of like the reflection of Nicole Bolas. We remember them fighting on Tarkir, but a, from what we know so far, Ugin was a native to Tarkir. That's kind of, he was a, an important dragon there, and that's kind of his hometown. That's where he was chilling. And he's just another incredibly smart dragon. And uh, I should ask you, why do you think Ugin sent Jace to? I think he was tired of Jace not listening to his directions and was just like, time out for you, young sir. Go. I was Go wondering the same question, to be honest with you. Why Why did Ugin set the tripwire in Jace's mind in case a certain other dragon planeswalker just may trip it? So I, I think it is, Jace does have a hypothesis here. And, I, and uh, it was reinforced by uh, Joe from Geek for All, the JAR review, uh, that Ugin set this here hoping if... Nicole started just ravaging Jace's brain. Like, clearly he would do, because how could it be any other end? But, uh, so Jace then planeswalks to Ixalan, and Ugin was hoping that Nicole Bolas would then immediately follow him. To oh, and then oh. trap Nicole Bolas yeah. there forever. So I think there's a line in this story which kind of alludes to that. Jace is, like, hypothesizing that. And that is probably the the best guess we have at this point. Oh my gosh. But Nicole Bolas was way ahead of them both and actually knew about this plane and sent Vraska there ahead of time. So, but can you imagine the torture that Nicole Bolas would endure being on a plane that's got so many boats but he can't sail any of them because he's a dragon? Absolutely. Oh, it's a per okay, when you were talking about the perfect jail for a for a planeswalker, I say that Ixalan would yeah, be You yeah. thought Angreth was angry. Yeah, no, Nicol Bolas, just a giant golden dragon tearing up the countryside. It would just yeah, Amadkat was just a warm up compared to what that was he would be due to that plane. Oh, well, yeah. he could he could make friends with the four eight trample vigilance flying <laughs> indestructible. That would be the only thing left after Nicole Bowles hits. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how the real dinosaurs. <laughs> that's how the dinosaurs really went extinct. Yeah, you see, like the star of <laughs> extinction. Of, yes. That's that's not a star. That's Nicole <laughs> Bolas just hurtling through yes. it. You see a pair of horns yes. and little. I little hate eggs. this place. <laughs> Targeting a swamp. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> 20 damage to everything. Yes, 20 damage to everything. But Except the white elder dinosaur. Because it's indestructible. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> but if it's any anything happens like my EDI stack, you then bounce the indestructible dinosaur and then make him discard it. So they, there'll be no hope for that dinosaur either. And then Bolas is just left on an island trying to figure out how to make a boat with his talons. Mm -hmm. yeah. When there's no more water left because you've burned it, you boiled it all away. Boiled with it. a little coconut with Jace's face painted <laughs> on it. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Jace! It's like Winston. Curse you, Jace! It's like Wilson from the castle. <laughs> Jace! <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Sorry. Well, they still have his headache to keep him company. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I think that's a really good idea. Um, I think it's a good, I don't know. But the thing is, maybe um, other people have talked about this too. Ugin and Azor are like buddies from way back in the day before Azor gave up his spark. What? Maybe. And like Ugin has his own kind of network that's sort of a parallel of Nicol Bolas's network. And so we're kind of seeing like a really long game here that leads to sort of a, 
Infinity Wars thing, mm-hmm. but like not Marvel. Do you think they went to the H&M on Ravnica together to get their jewelry? <laughs> you know... I'm not sure the Spirit Dragon was consulted about <laughs> Let, Let's be real here. Nicole, like, like Ugin's more of a gap kind of guy. He's he's pretty basic. All right. Basic wastes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the spirit dragon section at Gap is, I hear, a, has a really incredible selection. Yeah. No, the polo shirt's on point. Right. <laughs> he's just looking at us like, I don't even know. <laughs> the, the, fun, the, the funny thing that you had mentioned is a lot of people seem to think that Ugin and Nico Bolas are inverted. It does, like they're, they're inverted copies They do seem like other. awfully perfect um, antagonists to each other. Like Which is why who... their romance will be amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not allowed to give spoilers, but damn. Oh. <laughs> Oh. You, you thought the conflux was plane shattering? <laughs> nothing compared to the chemistry between these two. This summer, you're invited to the wedding of a century. <laughs> <laughs> to bring the multiverse to its needs. That's why we need the planar bridge. To bring all the guests. That's right. <laughs> to Dominaria. <laughs> And actually, all the Eternals are there to be, like, yeah. catering staff. <laughs> and then the Planeswalkers are then masterpieces because they're all dressed out and decked up for the nines for the wedding of the century. Well, maybe the masterpieces are wedding gifts that yeah. you all bring. And you just pile them on, like, the, the thing. And, you know, and then, you know, um, Xenagos makes a really drunken speech. And it's just, it's beautiful. You know, if Dominaria was a two-set block, then we could have the first set wedding guest masterpieces with Planeswalkers, yes. and then the second set gifts. And they would all be perfectly color-coordinated, and one of them would be, uh, what's the word? Uh, it would be, a, we'd get a blender masterpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Toaster. Yeah. laughs> Pretty sure that's what Trinisphere is. <laughs> We would have the the Biblovia or Biblovia uh, uh, Bablovia Bablovia yes the 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 the, the faction the sneak no the you people that augment themselves and put like toasters oh, and stuff. Oh, the Knight of the Widget. The yes, widget, the Order of the yes. Widget. Yeah, they would make there. all of the gifts. They would make all of the gifts. Okay, so many toasters. <laughs> all right, I digress. Sorry. Do you? A E. Did you have? Sorry. Any, did you think have anything else I, to I, add? Not about Uga, but I, I think we may have skipped over this. Um, now, when Raska complimented Jay, saying "You're incredible, Jace," uh, he doesn't return a compliment there. But at, when Ugin Ugin says uh, to Raska, "You will be trapped for the umpteenth time in your life." Jay says, nah-uh. And you will refer to her as Captain. Yes. Yes. So that was, that definitely made up for the incredible. They, they are just... The Vrace couple Vrace. is full speed ahead. So yes. not Jaska. Choo-choo. Not Jaska. It's it's Vrace. It is Vrace. It does sound a little bit like a medical term, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Jaska, though, does sound like a coffee, so it's okay. And I'm sure in the next story, they're all going to go out to the vampire salon. Oh my god, they're going to get their nails did. They're going to get their nails did. Azora's going to get those beard highlights. Seriously, it's only 100 bucks. And then rave on the Golden City That's top. right. Yes. Yes. Perfect. One night only. All right. So we've got a small list of flavor wins and flavor cards that kind of missed the mark. Yep. My favorite flavor card in the set is Naturalize. The reprinting of Naturalize, I thought it was so ingeniously 
uh, incorporated into the set. So Naturalize, if you are unfamiliar with magic, is a green instant. It costs one colorless and one green mana. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. And it's been reprinted for like, I don't know, as many times as Evolving Wilds has been reprinted. So it's been reprinted a lot. But the connection in the set is you, you, you're looking from underneath a dinosaur and the dinosaur looks like he's gonna stomp on your face. And on the dinosaur's foot, is a little pirate sword with a little red ribbon, and... It's pirate cutlass. Pirate cutlass with a little red ribbon on it. Maybe it's the pirate's cutlass from... Yes. From Ixalan. I like to think that it is. Okay. That is the number one thing you will naturalize with this card. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, the flavor text is better to let the sword go than to lose the arm, uh, the, the arm with it. So that is my favorite flavor card... Uh, only second to Swaggering Corsair, um, who's my boyfriend in this set. He's really cute. We've been dating since pre-release. It's really cute. Do you want to read Swaggering Corsair? I do. Have well you horn-swoggled yet? I beg your pardon? Have you horn-swoggled yet? Have we horn-swoggled? Well, horn we're, we're taking it slow, <laughs> okay. you know. He's a, he's a certain kind of pirate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's anyway, all right. Is, tell me I'm about turning, Dragon Corsair. My 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 face is, is turning as red as this card. But anyway, he's a he's too red for a creature. He's a human pirate with raid. Swaggering Corsair enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. If you attack with the creature this turn, and the flavor text is, "I'm about to make you my boyfriend." Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I accept. I accept. <laughs> For as long as we're here on Ixalan, we're going to Dominaria. <laughs> There's a wedding there this summer. Did you yeah, hear about it? It's a wedding of the century. So, <laughs> so the flavor text is, I'm about to make you famous. From the golden city to high and dry, they'll talk about how fast you died. And he's a 2-2. All right. But he's a 4-4 elsewhere. <laughs> so sea legs is my, is my flavor pick. Uh, <laughs> for, for flavor win or flavor fail? Oh. Uh, flavor win. So uh, I will be discussing cards that I did not write for. So this is Sea Legs. I do like this one because it's it's a one blue and it has a, it's a flash aura. Enchanted creature gets plus zero plus two as long as it's a pirate. Otherwise, it gets minus two minus zero. And the flavor text says, when the waters pick up, either you find your feet or you lose your lunch. So not only is that adorable, but uh, what I like about the name is that on, if you cast on your pirate, it's a compliment. Oh, those are some nice sea legs that pirate has. But if you cast on your opponent, this creature is an insult. Nice sea legs, you jelly legs landlubber. So it can be either a compliment or an insult. And any flavor fails? I don't do those. You don't do those. That's fair. All right, so actually, my my flavor fail was Celex. <laughs> I explained why it isn't a flavor fail. So, so first of all, why can't Merfolk have sea legs? They are literally in the sea, and they have legs, and they swim. And you put them on. So when you enchant a Merfolk with sea legs, it gets minus two, minus zero, and it makes no freaking sense in terms of like Merfolk mechanically. Picture this. They, the pirates have captured a merfolk. Yep. And they have them on a boat. Yep. And the 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 merfolk is being dried out. So why don't they call this boat legs? Because because they're on a boat. Like it's like the the pirates are on a boat, and that's what makes them good. 
but it's a sea legs and and merfolk are in the sea and it's just they have legs. It's cl- it's clear that they have anyway. So this boggles my mind. You know, I think I was if, very upset. If you were a merfolk, Michelle, and you were on a boat, and the boat was going whoa, 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 and you're being dried out by the blood sun at the same time, you might be you might lose your lunch. Yeah, but then it should be boat legs, not sea legs. Look, it's the same thing as walk a plank. Technically, it doesn't make sense to make a dinosaur with wings walk a plank, but. You just kind of have to do it to get the, to get that sweet name. I, ah, anyway. You're, you're, you're uh, on some level, your concern is, is, is valid, Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, as it would be, have been if you had called that walk the plank for targeting flying dinosaurs. But if you have arcane adaptation on the battlefield naming merfolk, and then you have a dino, and you try to cast walk the plank on the dino, it doesn't work because the dino exclaims, ha ha, but I am a mermaid too. <laughs> it's a mer-dino. I'm sure it's happened before. There's um, a judge call. So so the other, um, it's not necessarily a flavor fail, but certainly like the, the art that makes me tilt my head the most is aggressive urge. Because the guy who is the merfolk who is portrayed in this card, I'm not certain if he's recently had Botox or if he's had any other like, you know, reparative surgery recently, but he doesn't look super angry you know but he's got also like lightning coming out of his face he's just kind of like ah where i'm kind of that's a noise i imagine he's making whereas an aggressive urge i think would merit a noise that's along the lines of ah and and that's not what i'm getting from this face so i i'm thinking that this card is not giving me good face i love the face on arterial flow yeah it's a good like both those faces like the pirate is like, <laughs> and the and the vampire is like, yes. We're a podcast and not able to show you the picture, so, so we'll no, have to yeah. give Arterial you Arterial flow is one of my favorite win picks. Uh, so it's uh, black for one generic, two black. Uh, each opponent discards two cards. If you control a vampire, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Mm-hmm. Flavor text. It is impious to admit, but I do enjoy pirate blood. Something in the salty tang of it. The spice of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Delicious. I like it. So, Ixalan Sriracha. And yeah. it does emphasize that black vampires are really in it for like the sens- the sensual, sinful nature of this conquest. Oh, interesting. And this is exactly what Elunda is not cool with. Mm. Yeah, she's there for the, the piousness. I, uh, so Flavor Win, I actually really love um, Martyr of Dusk. So it's a two, one for two, um, one and a, one and a white. And it says when it dies, create a one, one white vampire token with lifelink. And the flavor text says, should I fall, take up our standard and carry on. The Legion must always prevail. So I really love this idea of just, okay, so I, if this creature dies, I get another creature that, that is then able to continue, you know, attacking and blocking for me, but is also just carrying the the banner of the legion of dusk so that i really really like that one it's it's kind of clever and mechanically great too i have two favor favor flavor (laughs) flavor fails is just so hard sometimes it's a real tongue twister yes um it it's not really flavor fails per se but let me just say that the black vampires on Ixalan are some of the grossest polluters I have ever seen before. Mm. Ever. 
Like yeah. they are just emitting all sorts of black smoke from their torsos. <laughs> oh, they remind me of the 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 villain from Fern Gully. Hexus. Yes. Yes. They're just well like done. Hexus. Oh, I've I've spent many a day in my childhood like <laughs> dancing and and performing that song to myself. It was wonderful. Uh, I think Tim That's Curry. Reasonable. Tim Curry sang yeah, that Tim song. Curry sang that yeah, Tim Curry sang that song. Tim Curry's "Acid Rain" <laughs> oh, ring down like Rain. <laughs> so that was the first thing I noticed about these vampires. By the way, I don't mean flavor fail in the sense that the the design team missed the mark because the way that these vampires are portrayed are is absolutely entrancing. But I just thought I'd bring some environmental awareness into the set. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank I, you. I love it. And then the only other, other flavor flavor fail that I have is actually a card that's not printed in the set. Oh. Blood Artist. Oh, that really should be here, yeah. Yeah, Blood that Artist would have sense. been an excellent addition to the set. And such a good reprint. Oh my goodness. Such a good reprint. Bring the aristocrats back. So I had thought to myself, what kind of flavor and what kind of image would the blood artist card be depicted in this set? And I thought to myself, this blood artist painting a portrait of a, a beautiful woman on a sofa. And the flavor text would have been, paint me like one of your aristocrat girls. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, here's... I was originally considering maybe like a vampire eg exiting from um, like a room or or maybe like a hut or something. You see like blood coming out from behind it and like stuff everywhere. And then he's like, um, or she is like licking his or her hand. And then the flavor text could be my best masterpiece yet. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That would have actually been really nice for the set. Yeah. But in my version, this beautiful girl would have would have been wearing a thematic compass around her neck. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it also wouldn't have been uh, a, 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 a girl per se, but a raptor wearing a long <laughs> red wig. A clever girl. <laughs> a clever, yeah, girl. clever girl, yes. <laughs> Kate Winslet, but... Yes. It, it, yeah. Her name was Rose. And they were boarded by a pirate ship called the Iceberg. Oh no! Oh no! And the la and that's where the shatter comes from. Shatter one red, destroy target artifact. Yeah, that's the depiction of the the boat that Jack and Rose in this retelling of the story are, are on. I'm glad you tied that back in. So what Thank you're you. telling me is that you've already designed an entire Titanic themed block. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And oh, it's I'm already here. It's here. I, I'm guessing it's already, one of the mechanics. The cards. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing one of the mechanics should be like what um, impact. Oh, impact is good. Impact is good. Impact is great. But the final scene, you know, the the really sad scene where they're on a like roses on a door and Jack. Oh, is... it should be like the cramped bunker card from Unstable. If your permanence can't actually touch the card or get on the card, then they're destroyed. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like, it's called a raft or yes. something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
And, and Rose goes to reach out to Jack and says, I'll never let you go, Jack. But then she realizes that she has raptor claws for hands. And they're so they're tiny because she's a raptor. And she can't save them. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> oh. Or rather lack of it. So I mean, we're she has no choice but to eat his corpse. So it's kind of a happy ending. Okay, it? sure. Yeah. We'll give James Cameron a run for his money. Also, please don't sue us. <laughs> I just really like the mechanical idea of the raft as a card. And if you can't, if your permanence can't get on the raft, like after a certain point that you destroy all of their permanence. It's so good. Okay. Yes. All right. Very, very in flavor for yes. the set. Well, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> I was going to say that shatter was my other um, flavor win because it's, it's killing a boat. And, Iceberg straight ahead, and and there are definitely boats like the big vampire boat and with the scale boats that could be destroyed. I I enjoy the vampire boat with the scale boats very great very much. Mm-hmm. It, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that though, I mean everything else seems pretty on point. But you know, of course, AE, we need to congratulate you on I think some of the best flavor texts of all time. Of all time, Canal Monitor. Oh, shucks. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, you, that was amazing. I'll read it out loud. So, Canal Monitor, it's a big cat lizard thing. Um, five, three, four, five. It says, the first goblin tried to swim the canal. The second built a raft. The last and craftiest goblin launched herself from a fire cannon and soared over the canal, trailing smoke. All were eaten, but only one was cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe LSV gave this constructed playable zero, but flavor five out of five. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! So, yeah. That is so special. yeah, golf claps. Yes, golf claps. Yes, bravo! Excellent job, bravo, sir! Excellent. Someone did uh, thank me for using uh, the the pronoun her. Yeah. Hashtag her story. I mean, goblins, Look, they get genders yeah, to get more goblins. Women goblins have an equal right to do something incredibly stupid and get themselves killed. That, that was my feeling. Absolutely. And, and she was cooked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she tasted delicious. Yes. She probably was the most delicious. Fire part. roasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm-hmm. A, and slightly smoked. <laughs> Nice little chip. What is the what is the the pirate flavor? The little tangy, a little spicy. Little rebellious. Little rebellious. So it's like a it's like a slightly heated up sriracha blend, basically. I love it. Mm. So I love it. Someone did ask another card. I named was uh, Angreth, the flame chain. Flame chains. So someone did someone did ask me uh, how I chose that name, and I'm not allowed to go into the process. Of what of how I named it, but I would like to point out that you're just asking me how I named Angrath Flame Chain when the art has a Minotaur with flaming chains on him. So it's kind of what you see is what you get. I cannot divulge if what yeah. you see is what you get, but so I would, I would, I would. That sort of in that hindsight, yeah. it does seem obvious. I, I will admit, but uh, we'll see. Here we are. You know, flaming chains not for everybody, but some people really love them. Yeah, Rakdos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just love the artwork for Rekindling Phoenix. It's so great. It's, yeah, it's absolutely this gorgeous. This owl is on fire. Oh my goodness, here we go. This <laughs> owl is on fire. All right, yes, take us out, Michelle. <laughs> this owl, like, I, there's really no more to this song. Alicia Keys really needed to, really define what fire He's is. freaking on fire. And then he makes a no one red elemental token and he dies. They even sack it to bring him back as the owl is on fire. On fire! 
Okay. With that, I think that's pretty much everything we've got for today. Yeah. So uh, we got to do some shout outs. This podcast is on fire. I don't know about (laughs) you two, but I am. So we want to do really high. (laughs) So we we should. We want to thank some of our listeners who have been with us for a long time. Um, We want to thank Potato Wraith, also known as at Potato Wraith. Thank you so much. Um, Also at Rhythm Bastard. Um, We have the most interestingly named followers. We also have Cheerful Curmudgeon. Um, We're so happy that this keeps you sane during overtime shifts in the warehouse, uh, hoping that this also keeps you smiling. Um, At Behold MTG, also known as Unbeck My Heart. Say you love me again. (laughs) We have Liam Edwards, also known as at Talus41TV. Thank you so much for tuning in. And last but not least, Sidon Lore. I'm a big fan of you, and thank you so much for listening to us. I was watching your videos earlier today, and I I greatly enjoy them. So thank you for adding uh, to my knowledge as a Vorthos player. Yeah, so heart Vorthos hearts everywhere. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much everything we have for today. Tune in next week when we'll continue with our... Rivals of Ixalan. Will Azor figure out what to do with his beard? Who knows? Yes. Maybe. 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 You should just highlight that thing. Just highlight it. It'd be a total hit. And his, his, his body is so furry, too, with, like, the soft cat sphinx fur. So, you know, like, he's going to get lots of snuggles at the rave. And with that, <laughs> I'm Justin. I'm Michelle. And I'm A.E. And we'll see you next week. Bye.